Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little AM angling as Texas AM becomes the most sought-after job in college football with the dismissal of Jimbo Fisher. Now, it's not because of the rich tradition and the glory. Person's going to be making 7 to $10 million a year, whoever gets it. Now, what do they do? Do they go splash or soak? I'll explain the difference between splashing and soaking coming up here momentarily. Also, SEC shutout. We've got two weeks left to go in the regular season. Now, I'm not a big, what if this, what if this, now what if, what if, I'm not. I actually hate that stuff because it never holds true. But if the favorites win, the SEC is going to get shut out of this sucker. I'll tell you how coming up. And, oh baby, the A's pain, Oakland A's fans, in lieu of the Major League Baseball owners meetings, pleading their case to all the other owners in baseball. Why, this is a prime example. It's not just A's fans. For fans everywhere, across the board, to understand that you have to put pressure on your elected officials to vote the way you want it. This is a good lesson for Jags fans with what the A's are going through right now. Because once you try to put that toothpaste back in the tube, it's over. So the A's pain, Novocaine. I should say no Novocaine for that A's pain. How about that? I got there. Uh, Coming up. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar. Podcast Media Audio Radio Network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram, social media. Harpon Sports The Bar, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts under Harpon Sports The Bar. Harpon Sports YouTube channel, Harpon Sports The Facebook page, The Bar. And of course, HarponSports.com. The A&M angle. Now we have, what, I'm counting five college football coaching jobs that are open that I would consider to be good jobs. A&M, if I had to rank them in order, I'd go A&M, Michigan State. Would you say say Mississippi State's third? Probably, probably Mississippi State's third. Boise State now has opened up on that next tier, Boise State. And one's slipping my mind right now. Shows you how big it is. But... As I look at this and how this stuff is layered, well, the fifth one's technically Northwestern. Sorry, but that that's probably going to be promoted from within. He's done a nice job there, considering the mess that Fitzgerald left and where, where you're going. I look at this, though, with the Texas A&M thing. Oh, by the way, remember how NIL is ruining college football? $146 million in payout. $146 million in dead money to coaches. But please tell me more how NIL is ruining the game. I don't know about you. But watching Daniels perform the way he did for LSU, that's a transfer from Arizona State, right? Got my attention. Looked pretty good. Penix Jr. out at Washington. That's a transfer. Pretty good. Bonex transfer, pretty good. But nonetheless, a bunch of garbage. Anybody says NIL is ruining college football is a dipshit. So I didn't even pay attention to those people. The A&M angle is this, though. Who wants this job? What's it worth? What's it worth? If you're paying $76 million for a coach to go bye-bye, the co- coach coming in is going to want what? Hey, I want at least $50 million over seven years, right? We can't pay you what Jimbo did. Uh, okay, that's fine. But you're going to pay me half of what Jimbo got. 
This is the problem with a position like this. When you've got a hundred, when you've got $76 million to pay somebody to go away, I know you got money, tons of it, tons of it. So what do you hire? And you know, when a splash hire, splash hire, I've always talked about splash hires who splashes in pools, kids, children, teenagers, you soak adults soak in the hot tub, adults in the hot tub, kids in the pool, adults soak, kids splash. Splash, splash, never happens, never works, gang. Splash hires don't work. Dion's four and six. Splash, yeah, does it work? Not right now. Splashes aren't saviors. Soaking is saviors. Gradual building blocks. Mike Norvell's not a splash at Florida State. Gradual building block. Was Elko a splash at Duke? Nope. Gradual building block. Was Lance Leopold splash at Kansas? Nope. Gradual building blocks. So I, I see Elko as being the... You know, he's a former AM coach. That makes sense. That's not a splash either. What's the splash at AM? Dion. But Dion would have to abandon his kids to go to AM this year. Not going to happen. Do I see Dion after next year leaving? Sure. Dion's not going to go to a bowl game this year with his sons. He can get to seven and five, eight and four, go to a bowl game. Then do I see him leaving? You bet. You bet. But Elko, Elko's the solid soaking hire. Now, Herm Edwards came out and said, hey, man, I, Lane Kiffin, that's the splash. That's the splashy, flashy, Lane Kiffin. And what Lane's done at Mississippi State, he'll win this weekend, and he'll completely slap Mississippi State around. Ole Miss will go 10-2, and two, which will be, uh, what, depending on how it shakes out with LSU at the end of the year. Uh, they beat LSU. LSU's got three losses. I, A&M's probably going to end up in a major bowl game. So for the second time in three years, AM will be in a marquee bowl game. What Matt Corral and company two years ago? Now he got hurt in that game and they never could recover. But taking AM or taking Ole Miss to two major bowl games in three years, AM would have handled that right. AM would have taken that. Then you give them those resources. It's a different playing field. Lane's making seven million a year. There's your splash. There's your splash. So what do you do? If you're Lane, you take that job. You bet. Ole Miss is one of those situations, I, I don't say he's peaked there, but getting them to two 10-win seasons in three years is pretty impressive. Could he get over the hump? Nah, he never got over that Saban hump. Who really does? Brian Kelly did it. Tough to do in that conference. So, uh, splash, dash, all those things. Sla- flashing and splashing and soaking. The other guys out there that I'm, I'm looking at, that you know, Elko seems to be a safe, solid fit. I don't know if there's anybody out there that's going to... You know, you try to pry a guy away from another major conference. The guy that you could go knocking on the door of is Dabo Sweeney, but not really sizzling like a sausage right now. Look at the rest of the conference. Who else are you going to go get? Who else are you going to go get? You had a guy that's had some SEC success. At least he was okay at Missouri Barry Odom. That's now at UNLV, and he's got that program turned around. There's nice pocketed guys like that. The guy at... um. Liberty, Jamie Childwell, who came from Coastal Carolina that went to Liberty, and he had a good run at Coastal Carolina. Now he's had a great year at Liberty. But is that the guy that's going to – the soak is Elko. The splash is Kiffin. See what they do. See what they do. Uh, so there's that. You know, <laughs> I look at other jobs, the Mississippi State job too. Mississippi State's in a little bit different platform. Mississippi State needs to find itself – to me, a good, strong coach that succeeded as a head coach at a smaller level that knows how to recruit that's young and energetic. Ole Miss kind of had it with Kiffin. 
in, in a good way. Like they figured it out. Mississippi State had it figured out a little bit with Mike Leach. Now, Dan Mullen, no, that's a retread. You don't want to go down that path. Look, with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference, you're going to have to change your way of thinking here. There are two guys. I mentioned Jamie Chadwell at Liberty. The fact that he had success at Coastal Carolina has had success at Liberty now. That, that's a guy that's won two different places. It's a good coach. But to me, John Summerall at, at Troy. John Summerall is a guy that has been an assistant in the SEC in a couple different places, including Mississippi. The fact that John Summerall is an assistant at Mississippi shows me, okay, and look, he may be a guy, if Lane Kiffin leaves, he may become the next head coach at Ole Miss. So if I'm Mississippi State, John Summerall's at Troy. He's, what, 8-2 and two at Troy? In his second year, has got Troy turned around, heading in the right direction? That's the type of guy that ends up at Mississippi State. Now, I don't know what a team like Michigan State's going to do. And, and Boise State, who knows what they do? If Boise State's smart, they hire Brian Harson back. He was the head coach there. He left to take the Auburn job. Boise State, hire him back, and then you're good to go. That's what they should do. See, um, because it's different. It's a different pocket. Dan Mullen, Mississippi State, it's been seven years. That, that ship has sailed. That's a different area now. And even the last two years there at Mississippi State, he wasn't cooking like he was the previous four. So I, uh, this one? Take a step back and look at this. And if I, again, if I'm Mississippi State, my two guys, John Summerall at Troy, Jimmy Childwell at Liberty, and we'll see what AM does. But I have a feeling it's going to be Kiffin or Elko. Seems to make sense. Not Dion, not yet. Not yet. So those are the four jobs that are opened up. And I mentioned Northwestern interim. If I had to rank them in order in terms of where you'd want to go again, AM's got the most money, most resources. Then Mich- Michigan State got a lot of money, Big Ten money. It's 70, 80, 90 million dollars a year from the network coming up. Then after that, Mississippi State. Then Boise State. Probably Northwestern, then Boise State. I don't know. Would you leave Boise State to go coach Northwestern? I don't think so. But Northwestern's getting Northwestern's above it because they're getting that new eight hundred million dollar stadium. So there you go. So a little AM angle and the rest of the dominoes fall. Now, I always thought Clark Lay, always thought. I thought this year Clark Lay would be the first SEC coach to shuffle on off. But you know, two down, any more that could go? Like, Napier's not going to go. Beamer will probably get another year. Next year could be a zoo of a year, right? Because Clark Lee, Napier, Beamer, you could have a zoo. You could have a mess on your hands. Yeah. So, Mississippi State, Summerall, Childwell, head coaches. If I'm an SEC school, I, I'm not a coordinator guy. I want a guy that's run a program and that's had success. Now, AM did that, didn't work with Fisher. Florida's done that. It really worked with Napier. Georgia didn't do it with Kirby, and it has worked. But other places it works. Some places it doesn't work. Look at going out and snatching a guy that had success as a coordinator. Oklahoma and Brent Venables. But also, Sarkeesian was a head coach. It didn't work out at SC, but then he became a coordinator. Then he became a head coach again. So it depends. Depends on the program. Uh, I saw Lanning being mentioned. At Oregon, he's not leaving Oregon for A&M. There's no way. Coach at Washington, he's not leaving the... You know, no. Now with those schools joining the Big Ten, there's too much money involved. Okay. From that to this. The SEC shut out. I'm not a if guy. Now, what what if? I'll give you one what if. When you get to five what ifs? Eh. But if you go through, because all those ifs always involve major upsets. But if you just play the favorites. And I was looking at this. Okay. Florida State's going to be favored in every game the rest of the year. Okay. Florida State wins the ACC undefeated. 
the Michigan-Ohio State winner is going to win the Big Ten. It's not even funny. So, the Big Ten winner is undefeated. The ACC winner is undefeated. The SEC should be Oregon's biggest fan. Alabama should root like crazy for Oregon. I guess so should Georgia. Here's why. If Washington goes undefeated and has beaten Oregon twice, and you have an undefeated Washington, an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State, and an undefeated Florida State, the SEC only shot to get, get is Georgia winning. If you know, you still have the perfect scenario where you could have four undefeated conference champions. Georgia out of the SEC, Florida State out of the ACC, Michigan out of the Big Ten or Ohio State, and Washington. Then it's easy. Then that's easy. Easy done. Where what do we do scenario happens if Alabama wins the SEC? If the SEC wants a team in the college football playoff, cheer for Georgia. If Alabama upsets Georgia, I give you a 50-50 chance that the SEC is on the outside looking in. It's 50-50 just by picking the favorites. If Alabama beats Georgia, and I think the early spread on that's like three and a half. If Alabama beats Georgia, Texas wins the Big 12. What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to leave Texas out? Texas who beat Alabama at Alabama? There's no way. Texas can win the Big 12 and be like, well, the Big 12 wasn't as good as the SEC. Fine, but we beat you at your place. Well, that doesn't, no, no, you can't play that game. Now, see, the problem with this is next year, none of these scenarios matter. They don't. Next year, your debate doesn't occur until the final week. What do we do if, right now, what debate would you have? Can LSU squeak in? Can Notre Dame squeak in? Your debate right now would be what? Notre Dame, LSU back there, along with uh, Ole Miss, garnering going up against, does Ole Miss deserve to go in over Louisville if Louisville loses the ACC championship? It's like, oh my God, those are going to be your debates next year. But right now, two weeks to go, and this will start to shape after this weekend, then you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel with this. It'll start to become really, really crystal clear that, oh my God, what do we do? We're, we're rivalry week and then we're there. Yeah. And we really avoided like Oklahoma getting beat, but we've really avoided the undefeated. Oh my God, where did that come from? Upset. We really did. Oklahoma State, we, the last few weeks we've had, oh my gosh, oh my, look at this. They're out. Oh my, that team's out now. But you haven't had the whoa game. You haven't. Everybody up there, Louisville's got a bad loss to Pitt. So a Louisville went over Florida State. Louisville's not going to go to the playoff. Doesn't matter what everybody else does. Well, what about this nightmare scenario? I'm not going to do nightmare scenarios. What it would be is everybody with a loss. Gang, here's your, here, here's your, I'll give you, I'll, I'll let you have one. If, 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 because it only requires one if. What if the Ohio State-Michigan winner loses to Iowa? There's your if, because they're not going to put Iowa in this sucker. I guess you could put the loser of the Big Ten title game in there. Maybe. That's the one that I don't know what you do. Everyone else is easy. Everyone's mathematical. Florida State goes undefeated, they're in. Louisville wins, they're not. Texas wins the rest of their games, they're in, as long as one of the undefeateds gets beat. So, there's where we sit. But the SEC getting shut out is a possibility. It is. If Alabama wins. Never thought you'd say that, right? Alabama winning the SEC with one loss could leave the SEC on the outside looking in. SEC can't get multiple teams this year. That's one of the most – no conference is going to get multiple teams. I don't. The only conference that has a shot, has a shot at multiple teams. Even the, No, the Pac-12 doesn't even have a shot at it. Nobody does. Nobody does. 
Uh, one to wrap with this. One to have a little fun with this. The A's pain. The A's pain. And this is a good lesson, Jags fans, for what's going on in Oakland. Look, the A's are going to end up in Vegas. It's very simple as to why. The S and simple is a dollar sign. It's cash. And the fact that A's players and the mayor, players, sorry, A's fans and the mayor have all, they're, they're sending, well, for lack of a better term, gift bags, baskets or boxes to the other owners in Major League Baseball with a flash drive and a plea, don't vote for this relocation. Don't vote for this relocation. Okay, I want you, I'm going to say this out loud. Think about it from the owner's perspective. So John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, the Angelos, any owner in baseball. Steinbrenner's, any owner in baseball. Ace fans send you a gift box. Not our fault, not the fans' fault. If I'm an owner and I look around and go, okay, think about it from the St. Louis Rams perspective. Stan Kroenke owned the Rams when they were in St. Louis. They were the 32nd most valuable franchise in the NFL. Dead last. Now they're in the top eight. So the Rams relocating from St. Louis to L.A., brought up the revenue streams for all 31 other teams. So if my this team moves, they no longer become a financial liability or a financial burden. They become a financial benefit to the league. So you expect Major League Baseball owners that got there because of their love of money to vote to keep the A's in Oakland and hurt their revenue? So you want me as the owner of the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Cubs, Tigers, Mets, Cardinals? You want me to vote to keep the A's in Oakland so you become less valuable and I lose money on you as opposed to make money? To keep this in layman terms, how about this? If I'm an owner, I can vote to agree to build a new business down the road that's going to make the property value of my property go up. Or I can listen to you and not vote for it and lose money. A team in Vegas, automatically, the A's are the least valuable franchise in baseball, right? Dead last. If the A's move from Oakland to Vegas, they say they'll be in the top 20 in value. So with revenue... And destinations and financial impact and gambling money. I'm an NFL owner and I can increase the value of my franchise instead of me paying you money every year to keep you afloat. You will now contribute and I don't have to do that anymore. Why on earth, if you were a Major League Baseball owner, would you vote to keep the A's in Oakland? It's not financially beneficial to you, it's not financially beneficial to the league. That's what's going to happen in the NFL. The NFL looks around after a while and says, build us new stadiums. We're not going to build one. Then we're just going to move you. The Rams wouldn't build a new one. Adios. Chargers didn't build a new one. See ya. Bye. The Bills, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. Mm, here it comes. Okay, we'll build a new one. All right. Colts, I right. going to build a new one. Vikings, you're going to build a new one. The Raiders, the Rams. And the Chargers all said, no, we're not building you a new stadium. All right. City of Oakland had a decade to figure this out. They didn't do it. Tough. Now, I understand it must suck that you're going to lose the Raiders and you're going to lose the A's and the Warriors moved across the bay back to San Francisco. I get it. The A's fans pain. I get it. 
I look at Jacksonville and say, you guys better vote for this stadium the first go around. Shot will never move them. Never say the word never when it comes to, when you say billionaires are okay with losing money, say it out loud. For how long? How long? They say the, the A's to the number crunching on this will add to revenue to the league instead of costing it. Mm-hmm. Going to add revenue to the league. So the owners can be wealthier. What do NFL owners do? Do they hold out for the lowest amount? When's the last time an NFL franchise or an NFL meeting voted to not take the highest bidding rate on an NFL contract for TV rights. Come on. Same thing with baseball. Baseball, what's baseball trying to do? Baseball's trying to be young, innovative. Vegas is or Oakland. Ace Payne, Jags fans take heed of this. Don't mess around like Oakland did. I don't think they're going to. They're not. But if it were up to the people, they'd vote down the new stadium in Jacksonville. Voters would. Mayor and city council probably won't. But we'll see if the Jags learn from what happened in Oakland. Because once you get to the point where you're sending gift boxes of cookies and donuts to other billionaire owners, saying, we hope you find it in the goodness of the heart, of your heart to cost yourself hundreds of millions of dollars by giving us what we want in our heart. It's too late. Game over. Our Bond Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Auditory Route. Check us out, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.